this makes the whole parallel world's idea of class very literal. What other societal ill could we make just bluntly literal for a sci-fi premise? Uh, men on one planet, women on another. Shit, that's actually really good. The women's planet <laughs> is only 70% of the size. Um, <laughs> and they don't get any of the good snacks. That's amazing. <laughs> but what is the fate of non-binary people? No, they're, they're just stuck on the women's planet. They're just planet. launched There's... into space. <laughs> There is a male planet, and then everyone else just gets stuck on the other tiny yeah, planet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's all about trying to see. But there's a new formula that will help make the planets equisize. But only but... for an hour at a time and with very little internal logic. <laughs> it just requires the men to fucking... Well, at first everybody's like, maybe we can convince the men in order to take part in this process. And then they're like, no, they're not going to do that. We're just going to have to fucking make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not going to tell that story at all. We're just going to focus on a, a, you know, kind of boring love story. Oh, it'll happen because the women fucking make it happen. But then <laughs> one guy will be like, it was me. I did yeah, it. And, it, and like everyone this. will. And that will become the narrative. Yeah. That <laughs> seems right. Yep. Excellent. That's a very... <laughs> that really came together extremely well, extremely quickly. <laughs> One Good Thing, the podcast that is actually stronger than gravity. I'm Paul Berkowitz. I didn't practice the name. Whatever it is he's called. <laughs> Don't be spoiling this. Berkowitz. Yeah. And we're still falling between the varying worlds of Recommendations Month, and specifically a Roll Plus Heart double feature. After Helen Gaffney's adventures across the Eighth Dimension last week, we're now contemplating the backwards world of Bex Watson. <gasps> the horror. <gasps> Bex, tell us all about what that upside-downy world is like. You know, very uh, upside-down with little internal <laughs> logic. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. <laughs> That's the kind of guess that I always like to have. The ones who are just utterly incomprehensible. Yeah. Inconsistent. I'm an eldritch horror. <laughs> yes, and they have challenged me, me to put on my floaty slippers and tumble into Juan Diego Solana's 2012 romantic sci-fi film, Upside Down. I come from the only known solar system with two twin planets, each with its own and opposite gravity. Now in our world, it's possible to fall up and to rise down. Three thieves from down below arrested last week, raising interworld tensions. We don't go down to their world, and we certainly don't want them coming up to ours. Director Solanus is the son of a very important Argentinian director, Fernando Solanus, who co-wrote this manifesto called Towards a Third Cinema, which was one of several manifestos that developed this idea that in addition to Hollywood movies and European auteur cinema, there would be a third cinema, which is literally everything else. So you can see why it didn't really... Not Hollywood, <laughs> not auteur, but a third secret thing. <laughs> Latin America, everything Indian else. cinema... South American, Japan, fuck it, stick it all in, third cinema. So it wasn't an idea that <laughs> that a lot of people, you know, got behind. But it was more specific than that because it started off as this Latin American socialist idea that we 
reject the commercialism of Hollywood cinema mm-hmm. and the personal like focus of European cinema and instead make it about collectives and social movements and inspiring revolutionary movement. So, yeah, he was not popular in his native Argentina. Yeah, I and bet. He, he ended up fleeing to Paris with his son, director of this movie. Uh, where little Juan studied art history. Uh, They move back to Argentina after it gets democracy, where Daddy Solanas continued to make political films with a much greater degree of freedom. Then he criticized the president and got shot six times in the legs. Oh, God. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So after that, he makes a decision to go into politics, which I would argue is a very bold decision. Good Lord. (laughs) So what got you into politics? Well... (laughs) crazy story (laughs) madcap adventure after that yeah he gets into politics and he holds various fairly important offices until he dies of covid so some people have no luck boy what a life (laughs) jesus christ oh god so that's dad um sun Wan has directed other films but it seems like mostly kind of social realist stuff kind of similar you know in keeping with his dad's ideologies um, absolutely wrapped up specifically in Argentine society, it looks like. So this is a bit of an oddity. Unless Argentina... Argentina? Yep. Argenti- that's what it's called. Argentina. That's what it's called. I know foreign. <laughs> Unless Argentina does have a giant floating um, alternate Argentina directly above it that's not been reported in the news. Uh, I believe <laughs> I read that it was just inspired by a dream he had. Ah, there you go. That makes sense. I think uh, he said he had a dream just about the kind of I guess, like, the image of these two upside-down planets, and was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's make that a movie. Yeah. Ugh. They tried to get American funding, but didn't get it because of apparent- apparently cultural differences. <laughs> okay. So, mate, we-, we can't relate to this. We only have one class. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they aim to get European funding, ironically, because it- they wanted it to be director-driven. So, what do you make of that, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they settle for Canadian money, which is close enough. Yeah. Yeah, that'll do. Uh, critics reacted to the film like piss on the ceiling. Ah, oh, have any idea who has to clean that up? I, I don't. <laughs> We're gonna have to get a, a a physicist janitor in here, or just a really long mop handle, I guess. <laughs> it's it's disgusting. I hate it. We're gonna have to wait. What if you invert the mop and get a mop from the the down world? And you can you just drop what? it. It has just occurred to me then that, like, despite it being like this paradise where everyone up above is like yeah. super rich and great, they can't have any down below janitors or shit. <laughs> That's true. And later on in the dance scene, there are people dancing are rich... on both sides. Yeah, there are rich yeah. people from down below. Yeah, listen. listen yeah. When I say that, uh, I know I'm. <laughs> I know this is the third time I've said. Uh, very little internal logic, but um, <laughs> look, you're gonna have to go with us on it's this. It's a strong feeling I have. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. It's a very fair, strong feeling to have. And speaking of strong feelings, Anton Battelle at Sight and Sound, quality publication, uh, reviewing the film as part of the Sci-Fi London uh, Marathon in 2014, the film festival, uh, where it was the most expensive film of the festival that year, uh, and became a pivotal point in his argument that bigger did not mean better, <laughs> says, <laughs> the problem is that the physics here are patently ridiculous and there is likewise no viable chemistry between stars Jim Sturgis and, Kristen- and Kirsten Dunst. Just... I, I mean, it's not wrong. <laughs> it's not wrong. You're, you're muddling physics and chemistry here. <laughs> the physics are ridiculous and the chemistry is lacking. 
But the biology is, is yes, also... De- yeah. No, I actually have a biology point for later Ooh. on in the film. So oh, we'll get I think I might be able to anticipate what it is. And I'll, be fu- <laughs> I'll be interested to see if we're arriving at the same thing. It pertains to how long a person could reasonably hang upside down. Yeah, I think, I think we yeah. might be thinking about the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Public, on the other hand, were naive enough to think they could change the world. Peter Nielsen at Google said, Making the movie 30 or 40 minutes longer in the end would have earned it very well. So a waste of idea material, I would say. Idea material. All that idea material. (laughs) That's like something from like a David Lynch film or something. (laughs) We must harvest the idea material. Honey, where did you put my idea material? (laughs) Just, you have to harvest it from the liquefied chickens. I'm sorry, I threw it out. Well, the film's just going to have to be 40 minutes shorter and that's all on you. (laughs) That's it. We've wasted the idea material. Actually, someone went. She went. She accidentally took someone. Had a really fucking amazing shopping trip. <laughs> <laughs> like she just wrote a shopping list on it, but she ended up solving several of the house's biggest, most fundamental issues. Oh, I wish. I wish that was a thing. <laughs> if you got a finite amount of idea material, who were pitching oh, another one of these on the nose yeah, commentary films? I guess the question would be: Would you use it all up at once for one incredible idea, or, or just have lots of very reasonable ideas <laughs> over your lifetime? You know. And is the material objectively great ideas, or is it just bringing out your true potential? So it might not be the they best. They might still be shit ideas. Well, we're yeah. gonna have to write a film, Paul. <laughs> we have to get to the bottom of this. Um, looking at Threeman, the TV host and the bizarre game show segment is played by Don Jordan, who was in Pluto Nash and Chaos Walking. So good stuff. I think also we have another thing because John Topor, who you will remember as security guard number three in this, of course, yeah, of course was also robot number five in Pluto Nash, so a fellow <laughs> Pluto Nasher, and was in Battlefield Earth as processing clerk, one-eyed guard, and teleportation supervisor. Oh, he got now, around. I don't know if that's three separate guys or just one busy dude. <laughs> just one really busy guy. <laughs> um, you know who else is a three-man? Oh? It's me. This is my third <gasps> OGT appearance. Amazing. Put me in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> let's well, let's reflect it was uh not van helsing what's it called jonah hex jonah hex oh what's the second one i don't know i'm having some kind of absolute oh. memory blank oh no devil no that was helen uh <laughs> fuck what was the second one i, t- I genuinely don't remember <laughs> um hold on if i do dex something do bad it would have been something bad we can all be oh no jason stay from season oh so it was he came on for the transporter. Excellent. Yes, it was. It was a wonderful, wonderful thing. <laughs> so, not bad. Not a bad hit rate. Yeah. <laughs> Just need to stick to the stay Oh, free to a man. Free in a bush. Free. Free. Yo. Films a shit, mate. The film has 28% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.3 on IMDb, and in terms of money it made, I'll tell you as soon as it loads. It made... Ooh, 22 million on a 50 million dollar budget. Yeah, Whoopsie daisy. Woo. Ah. Oh dear. So, X, you loop de loop. What's one thing about this film that made you wish you were on the right side of the upside down? By which I mean, how come this? Um, I think. I vaguely remember tweeting that I had watched it and just <laughs> being like, if the Pauls haven't seen it, <laughs> and you know what i don't think that was even the first time i watched it because i think i wow. saw this when it came out when really back when 
kind of like romantic films was something that I actively sought out because it was that period of my life, you know? Um, and <laughs> I found some some great little gems that I still absolutely love and no one else has ever heard of or seen. Yep. And also this. Um, <laughs> And I think it was just one of those times where it like popped up on whatever streaming service it was on and is no longer right. on. Um, <laughs> no, I had to pay for this. Yeah. I was like, oh, I, I think I remember this and sat down to watch it and was like, oh, this is dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wanted for the to share the suffering. You know how it goes. Was this before the point where we were insisting that you come and share in the suffering you inflicted? I think it was, yeah. Yep. I, I think I it's called a lot of people out that way. It to um, <laughs> re-enter your life, yeah, in this way. to come back and bite me this way. But <laughs> it's been a delightful consequence you know of given yeah. sudden diminished availability. I I accept the consequences of my own actions. So. <laughs> oh Christ! Well, speaking of consequences of actions, we should dive there are on none in. in this film. Continue. There are none. So let's lay that out and talk about what happens in Upside Town. And yeah, the movie starts and I get Invasion Planet Earth vibes from the visual effects and voiceover. So I get very scared. I get the feeling that I'm at the creepiest wellness retreat ever. <laughs> because That's it's true. all like gentle <laughs> spa music uh. and like a really soft voiceover in that yeah. tone of voice that's like your body oh, god. is made up oh god it's it's so bad and i can't quite pin down why it's so bad it's just so cloyingly sentimental it's worse than an american nature documentary the universe so full of wonders i could spend hours and hours looking up at the sky so many stars so And there's one very special star that makes me think of one very special person. It's also just like so much exposition. <laughs> yeah, but also exposition and also love is stronger than gravity and just, mm. oh God. It's very B-movie, isn't it? Like <laughs> It really is. So, according to all known laws of aviation, love is stronger than gravity. <laughs> so there are two worlds next to each other, I guess, that happen to also like, there's a city built around the point where they are closest to each other. And yeah, which what's going on? That they never rotate. So is there yes, no they don't rotate. cycle? <laughs> they don't rotate because you can build a bridge across them. But okay, so things are drawn to the, their own world. No matter how, no matter, even if they're right on the surface of the other world, they are drawn to the gravity of their own world. Unless, and the phrasing of it is it can be offset by coming into contact with something from the other world. Mm -hmm. And then after mm -hmm. a few hours, it burns up. Unless it's people. People don't burn up. No, people don't burn up. That's fine. But <laughs> any, any other matter is in trouble. So the upper world, which I guess is determined to be the upper world by some external perspective, yeah. is rich, whilst the lower world is poor. And I'm worried that the narration is going to last for the whole movie. Yeah, same, but also... <laughs> Some people say the true lovers are one soul that is separated when it's born. And those two halves will always yearn to find their way back together. Well, to understand my story, you're going to need to know the three basic laws of double gravity. Like, it's immediately the point of the film where I realize that, like, I can't suspend enough of my disbelief <laughs> for this to work. Because, like, the... Uh, up above 
it the the top planet is rich because of oil from down below but doesn't right. it immediately catch on fire <laughs> it gets like, there what's but it's supposed going to. on you just have to get it into your car really really quick <laughs> Like, if you refine something from the other planet, is that then fu- okay? Or knows. Well, I mean, how does the B stuff work? It's, it's anyway. Yeah, don't get... I have a note here that just says in capital letters, B's in space, question mark. Um, but also... <laughs> oh my God, they have to travel through space to get from yeah, one side to the other. But also this, it's possible <laughs> to fall up and to rise down. Surely that just yes. means that up, what you're calling up is in fact down on your planet. Like... <laughs> Oh God, I have no. I already idea. have a migraine. We're three minutes into the film, <laughs> <laughs> so the frustration narration is coming uh, care of our main character Adam, who lives in an orphanage in spite of having a living aunt. <laughs> Great aunt. <laughs> Great aunt. Whoa now! And one day he manages to throw an airplane, a paper airplane, into the other world. What about the first law of double gravity? Don't worry about it. <laughs> they, yeah, he he meets a girl in doing so. A little little baby Kirsten Dunst. And they grow up and use ropes to meet, meet up and make out. Oh, I see. So by offset, they mean you can, like, prop yourself up on things. For some reason, to me, it suggested some sort of transfer of properties where if you touch something from the other but world. Here's... But no, you literally have to grab hold of something. Okay, you say that, but because I thought <laughs> about this, right? I My first note is this film immediately disregards its own premise when he throws an airplane <laughs> he's made and it acts on the gravity yes. of the other world rather than his own. Yep. But... Actually, when I thought about it, it is raining. He specifically said he went oh. to go and find inverse rain and he held the p- plane oh. in the rain first. So I think ha- b- having been in contact Wait. with the rain... Inverse rain? So Yes, because he climbed right to the top of the mountain where which he is could... Which up a... I see, which is outside of his atmosphere yes, and into the atmosphere of the neighbouring world. Where he okay. could... Because the rain was going up past his there hand. And he soaked Amazing. the paper plane in it and threw it. So then I... So the plane Generously got dragged down like, by the anti Okay, well, maybe it's because it came in contact with the inverse rain. But again, you really can't... <laughs> I you like can't it. It makes sense to me. force logic onto this film. You can't do it. <laughs> this this would be quite a good puzzle game. <laughs> like a portal-style puzzle game. I where it's have... Like, how do I press the button? I have a note later on about bits that I would want to play as a video game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um... If you do touch, yeah, so you can prop yourself up, but if you touch something for too long, then it'll burn burn up because God doesn't like it. But not your clothes either. Your, your clothes, yeah, are, clothes fine. are fine. So, they, unless it's your shoes. So, they get caught and uh, shot at because, oh, the difference between the world is uh, harshly inf- enforced. So, you're not allowed to intermingle yes, with the other and side. And the filthy poor people all live down below, and we can't have them <laughs> coming up above to steal <laughs> inverse matter to heat their homes. Stealing our dunsts. Um, it's just not an acceptable thing <laughs> for them. So, yeah, they get shot at. Dunstan falls like six feet. And he gets arrested for being a filthy crossworlder pervert. So they burn his aunt's house down, which is really unfair because she didn't even like him enough to get him out of the orphanage. Yeah. And she, her house is to get it's burned rough, down. Man. And she gets taken away, never to be seen again in the movie. Whereas he suffers no consequences. No consequence. Ten years later, he, they've built a massive city in this place, it seems. And yeah, he's just working with bees, pink bees, that take pollen from both worlds without exploding somehow. Bees in space. And bees in space. And they create a honey that messes up the gravity. So he's trying to come up with an antidote to gravity, seemingly for the reasons of creating cosmetics. <laughs> yeah. Because you can have 
a cream that gives you a facelift. He's got a weird slumpy mannequin face that he tested on, and I'd like <laughs> to know how he made it. Yeah, and why it looks like an alien. Yeah. <laughs> but they, he cycles past some kids who really want this uncharismatic man to play with them. <laughs> uh, he must he must be the best for some unpictured reason. Because he makes paper aeroplanes. Oh, that's it. It's because Yeah, that makes sense. He can do cool shit. So he catches his dunced crush on a game show from Upworld. That aspect doesn't really get touched on again. Yeah. But she's on TV. A super dystopian one where they're like raffling off the chance to get a job. <laughs> that's the prize. So, Employment. Yeah. A job in Transworld, which sounds like a potential utopia, but it's not. It's, in fact, this giant company that controls, like, the interface between the two worlds, I think. I think that's the idea. Yeah. Scene's missing, and he works there too now. <laughs> yeah, but this is the thing, right? He just <laughs> walked in and got a job there with no struggle, no application. No. He was just like, hey, want a face cream? And they were like, yeah. This shit's good. Okay, you're in. Because at it's... first, I thought he was... I realized I didn't know his name. So when he walked in and was like, yeah, I'm new, Adam Couric. I thought he'd just stolen the identity of the guy who won the quiz show. Not yet. But then it was just him. <laughs> he just works there now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes, he now works there. And yeah, thank God he's coming to save her because Dunstus really just has nothing going on. She drinks sad upside down drinks. But I hope she passes that quickly or it'll just burn up inside of her, right? <laughs> Right. Uh, also, yeah. <laughs> uh, do they have to? Do they have to pop up and get the ingredients for that every time they want to make one? Because they can't store them, right? <laughs> nope, they can't store Although, it anywhere without it catching fire. Some so. things it seems to imply if you just keep it in a fridge, it's fine. Yeah, later on he's going to heat his home with something from the other place. So where is he keeping the stuff that he heats his home with? Yeah. Oh, I should God. I should note that this is the point where I start watching the film at 1.5 times speed because I forgot that <laughs> nothing really happens and I'm moving house in two weeks and I've got a lot of shit to do, so... That's fair. <laughs> so, yeah, he's not allowed to make contact with the other side, but he's fallen in love with Timothy Spall. <laughs> Beautiful romance. Hey, hey Bob? Mm? You mind if I come in? Mm. Come in, come in, sit down. Hey, want a cigar? No. Smoke? No, 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 thanks. I don't smoke. Okay, fine. No one smokes in trans world anymore. Yeah, well, I do, so... <laughs> you know, people have a funny way of seeing things here. Anything or anyone different is, well, let's say, frowned upon. So, yeah, which is handy, because he has lost the support of his previous father figure, who looked so much like Frankie Faison to me, it feels like an insult to me somehow <laughs> that they just didn't get Frankie Faison. Fakey face, fakes on more like. But that guy is um, Blue Mankuma, Blue Mankuma, who did used to voice Gigabyte in Reboot, so... Oh! I could have gotten you that patent, Transworld. Transworld is the worst thing that ever happened to us. And what, now you're, you're one of them? Oh, come on, Albert. Those people are vultures. And you're going to give them your golden goose for peanuts? That's pretty cool. Also, he was motorcycle cop in Bingo, so he's a very, very recent two-man. <laughs> it's really weird. It's like, two movies later, he's a two-man. <laughs> I did it on purpose. <laughs> oh, no, you're following Blue's career. <laughs> I'll make him you're a three-man if down. it kills me. The reboot movie's coming out next. Oh, God. So, yeah, he, he demonstrates his cream... Uh, Adam does. He demonstrates his cream by taking a dog from Uptopia. Shouldn't the dog be from Downville? 
because that's just going to make him seem even sadder. It's going to pull his... <laughs> you're right. It's going to, like, accentuate his sad, jowly face. <laughs> Didn't think about See, that. It looks even more miserable now. This is brilliant. We need to invest in this man. So he's got to get up there. He's got to get up there and meet his dunce. He's, he's climbing the company ladder, but it's not getting him any closer to done. So uh, Fakes On helps him to disguise himself as a worker from Utopia using some stuff. Like just stuff yeah, you can put just, in a vest. Just stuff. I I this puzzles me because I was like, okay, he's he's getting materials to work on his stuff. So is he just requisitioning yeah. heavy like metal? Yeah. That he's then stuffing this soup. Is no one questioning what he's doing with it and why he keeps I... asking for more? And how did he get it into the bathroom where he changes into it without it flowing into the sky? Why does it only take effect once he starts wearing it? And why don't his hair and clothes stand up? Okay. Yeah, I also... The hair thing really annoys me. He puts... Because at one point he sprays hairspray onto his hair that is showing no <laughs> sign of being affected by any adverse gravity. Um, yeah. But he, I will say he does smuggle it out a small briefcase at a time and he's like having to fight ah. to keep the briefcase down. I did okay. notice that. So I, like, <laughs> That's good. And then he was storing it in the ceiling. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they've got Shouldn't that. I missed that bit. <laughs> I guess, wow. I mean, how precisely, like, how precise is the 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 point where gravity flips? Yeah. Well, I mean, Jesus Christ, that's going to be an issue later <laughs> on. But yes, he, he, tracks, he tracks down Dunst, and she doesn't recognize him because of that slight fall she had gave her amnesia. Luckily, there's a colleague on hand to explain all of this. <laughs> It's like, ah, oh, she's got to... And also, the way that she explains it, though, is like, oh, she forgets things because of her amnesia. And I'm like, no, yeah, I, I think... A... I don't think it's, like, ongoing, right? She had a head injury <laughs> and she forgot everything before that. Yeah, she's got momentum. surely this woman isn't like, oh, you know her from when you were 15? Yeah, that's Obviously. when this happened. It's Yeah, it's insane. But he shows her his pink gravity juice and she's all impressed by that. Mm-hmm. It's like having a dog. You just get all the attention. But... <laughs> Apparently, he's charmingly awkward for an entire <laughs> hour or two because he starts burning up. <laughs> that scene was really truncated the by the edit. Also baffling. Oh, God. Yeah. God, how long can a normal person be upside down before before they like pass out? Five to ten minutes. Okay, cool. Good, good, good. Good, 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 good. Good, good, good. Dead in 24 hours. Okay, good. Let's keep track of that. So he goes to the bathroom and pees on the ceiling because eh, there's always time for a pee joke. And sets off the pee alarm they have installed there that only <laughs> rings in the room in which it goes off. Right. So Dunst is understood. Nowhere else in the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Christ. <laughs> so what happens here? Timothy Spall gets fired in a big ceremony that he do. Um, and yeah, he's gone, but he leaves him his no longer valid ID on the way out and also a box of his desk clutter that he keeps under his desk. But isn't that eventually going to catch fire if it continues to have contact with the desk? Internal logic. <laughs> just forget about it it's that fine. caught fire very early on <laughs> you don't see it the whole building goes down so he does yeah he does the trick again he, he inverts himself um which is once again to just weigh himself himself up with stuff for the other side and what would be an excruciating and potentially fatal experience but he does that he catches up with Dunst and disastrously tries to remind her of her past and then disastrously disastrously tries to bail out of that. And luckily, two disasters make for a good date because it goes fine. Yeah, I, I, I do have to say that 
um, I'm trying to come up with a witty third G to go into my gravity gaslight <laughs> gatekeep slogan yeah. because this film involves a lot of gaslighting. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you've got to love the line, what, you can't stay for one more drink? Yeah, it's the Harvey Weinstein school of seduction. Oh, uh, it's bad. It's real bad. Yeah, it's bad. It's a, he does a bad job. But it works, and uh, he starts to burn up, so he takes his shoes off and crashes down to Danberg in a move that would definitely kill him on impact with the water. But also, so it's just the shoes that keep him oriented. Yeah, well, this is the thing. Why does he then have a vest full of stuff? <laughs> because as soon as he takes the shoes off, it's, it's not like a hot air shoes. balloon where he slowly drifts up. He fucking falls into the other world. Baffling. I... He's showing off his cream back in Danville. Um, in a in a sort of which also takes trivial. care of dark under eye circles. By the way, once he finishes oh. applying it, <laughs> well, all the blood flows up away <laughs> from your eyes. I don't know. So yeah, the logic seems to be that if I just hang upside down, I look ten years younger. Yeah, because <laughs> that's all that's happening here. Yeah, yeah, making, yeah. You're pulling their face upwards. But and he know... does it. He does it like a maestro. He has five different strengths, and he kind of like showily dips a finger into five, <laughs> then three, then two, and then applies it to the same spot on her face over and over again um, until Amazing. until all of her old people prosthetics fall off, and she looks young again. Hooray! We thought like there was an easier way to get those off her face. Oh, but then Dunst comes in and find, catches him being a filthy downer. Oh. Betrayal betrayal he ups himself and rushes after her but he tips off security by being on one of those days where he looks less like timothy spall than usual <laughs> <laughs> he must have slept really well the previous night <laughs> <laughs> so yeah she she meanwhile is realizing that his irritating chirpy not taking no for an answer attitude is weirdly familiar hmm. i remember that from my childhood I've been well, gaslit since I was a child. <laughs> My you can't God. stay for one more drink. <laughs> Shouting over the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I know that asshole. <laughs> so, yeah, they had an awkward relationship when they were kids. But, yeah, they get broken up again. And what do you She's... mean there's half an hour left? Yeah, okay. It, the pacing <laughs> on this thing is wild. Um... <laughs> But also the fact that she's like, oh my god, wait, it was him. I'm immediately deeply in love again. Yeah, and back on board. And everything is forgiven, and I don't <laughs> mind that he was so weird about all of this. <laughs> oh, fuck. They, they catch up again, and they go back to their mountain. But they get caught by the Rosses again. Stop going there. <laughs> it's very conspicuous. They're in a tough spot, so they tell each other to hold on for quite a while. Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! It doesn't do any good, though, because he lets go anyway. Oh, don't hold on, you said. The This entire last chase sequence makes the least sense in terms of, like, the gravity situation. Yep. They're both oh, falling yeah. the same way. They're falling opposite ways. They're cancelling out each other's weight. They're not cancelling out each other's weight. When yep. she drops him, he falls, <laughs> but she's still hanging the same way. Rather than I didn't even think about that. It's... it's <laughs> It's baffling. And then I'm supposed yeah. to believe that he didn't break his back just because he hit a tree instead of a mountain. Yeah. I have no idea what the fuck that was meant to be because he survives. He survives somehow. He's fine. And he's fine. And he goes back to his old life. And yeah, it just looks like everything's lost. There's no way back. They're stuck in their own world. He gets and the threatened corporation... in a car. Yep. But uh, get... they, That's right. they're like, give us the formula. And if you don't, we'll... we'll... 
reinstate the charges <laughs> against her, which we've dropped for some reason. And then they throw him out of the car before he can agree or give him anything. <laughs> and he continues to not suffer any real consequences. Like there was no yeah. reason for them to leave him alive or at least not no. imprison him. They <laughs> they know that he's done this twice now. Like I don't understand yep. why they didn't already know he'd done it beforehand because he got arrested for that. That was a yeah. thing that happened. Yeah. Must have been record. Well, they don't talk to the police force from down. It's uh, 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 filthy uh. downers. So yeah, that's it. There's no way back. They're all doomed. So that's a bit of a bummer ending. Oh, okay. Oh, I'll tell you what then. Spool perfected the formula so people can invert at will. Dunster's still in love with the main guy and is pregnant with twins. When and how did that fucking happen? <laughs> the patent. The patent is registered in his name, so he's rich and society is fixed. Damn, that was a hell of an afternoon for <laughs> Timothy Spool. He really sorted all that shit out quite quickly. <laughs> My notes here are just all capital letters. I'm pregnant. We're having twins. That makes me special enough to just invert gravity forever. <laughs> when did we have the sex? What is the timeline of this film? When and how did they have the sex? And why did the result not turn into a horrible fiery mess? It was, and what really got me was the fact that she, he was like, how long can you be here for? She was like, I don't know, maybe forever. And he was like, how? And she was like, I don't know. There's no reason. And I'm going to admit that because the script writer also has no idea what the reason is. I just thought because it would be Because of nice. love. Because of the power of love. And then he's the... like, society is fixed, but that's another yep. story. Yeah? Should have been this story. That's a way more interesting story yep. that was going on in the background whilst I was forced to watch you two undergo this weird love story. Yeah. That's the story his dad would have told. And he'd have been, <laughs> yeah. shot, in the, he'd have been shot in the knees for it for being too on the notes. Yep. <laughs> Too obviously a critique of the of the Argentinian pre, uh, premier. We didn't realize yet the repercussions of what we had done. Our love would forever alter the course of history. But that's another story. So yeah, that was that. How did you find it this time around? Uh, well, as previously mentioned, I watched it at one point five speed, which um, did improve it somewhat because I can imagine. You know what? Nothing really happens in this film. Like, there's no. a lot of of not much going on. Um, yeah. Uh, Sturgis, bless his little. Oh God. Everything is is not a great romantic lead. Yeah. And his accent wasn't fantastic. We are the only known solar system with double gravity. Two twin planets whirling together around one sun, but each with its own and opposite gravity. No. I struggled through that. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I just... I mean, I do think it was a waste of idea material because... It's kind of a cool premise, I guess, if you wanted to put some yes. thought into it. And especially given that you've shown us that there's a cool social, like, story going on in the background uh, here that's way yes. more interesting. <laughs> and uh, it was just, it limited itself so much. Like, they only built, like, what, three sets and everything was either <laughs> on one floor of the Transworld offices, in yep. his down below sad like Warehouse. place or yeah. in that cafe where people were dancing on both the floor and the ceiling yeah and just i was like there's <laughs> there must be so many other cool things you could do with this and you, you yeah. simply didn't <laughs> yeah absolutely it's just insane and, and it comes along to a comparison i'll make it a moment but i mean firstly i will say i pointed out a lot of plot holes and inconsistencies with the rules it lays out you know just for fun honestly i tend not to care too much about that kind of thing in movies i 
for example, love Tenet. I'm quite oh, happy with same. a vaguely defined set of rules that only make sense when they need to. Same. If I'm enjoying myself. That's the thing, right? Because I think <laughs> yeah. I used to, when I was much younger, I would be that person mm. who'd be like, um, technically, because this yeah. has happened. And yeah. I grew out of that because it's obnoxious, but also because <laughs> suspending your disbelief, even yeah. past the point of necessarily internal logic, is fine if it's enjoyable and interesting and not yeah. used as a kind of you know get out of jail free card because you've written yourself into a corner if it's done in an interesting way and it engages you then yeah you know what i'll take it and i i might laugh about a plot hole and be like it's funny that this happens but still enjoy it but i think the crime of this film is that it didn't do it interestingly no really nothing else happening yeah, that right. There was nothing to mitigate the fact that it's not so that something super cool can happen. It's no. just there. It's just addressing problems that their scenario has brought up. Yeah, and why, you know, why not just make it? Because I kind of like the idea that we're only going to solve this with physics from what we've established, but they just don't then stick to that no. and just forget rules that are inconvenient. And I don't know. The the comparison that came to mind is that this really is a perfect film to put alongside in time. Uh, Jen's most recent pick for the podcast. Mm. Um, have you seen it? The Justin Timberlake, Amanda Seyfried. No. Um, everybody has a set amount. Of t- the idea is... I remember I listened to the episode. I was like, that's ah. what that fucking film is. Because I've seen like one <laughs> clip of it circulating around the internet yeah. for ages and been like, what the fuck is that from? Um, and now I know, so, but I haven't seen it yet. Okay. So yeah, the, the premise is everybody has time that is ticking down on their arms all the time and they earn more time, like money. So... It's a perfect film to screen alongside that because it's a ridiculous high concept idea with very on the nose uh, social commentary mm-hmm. that lends itself to a few clever sequences and a lot of bland romance. Yeah. Um, in time benefits from a bigger budget, better chemistry between its two still admittedly dull leads and a more Bonnie and Clyde narrative in its second half that's fun. Uh, this does not have those things. <laughs> the characters are things. very boring and flat with no inner life which makes a lot of the drama quite dull. Uh, the story is cliched, star-crossed lovers with very little innovation beyond its premise, which is reduced to a visual quirk for most of the time. Yeah. And a social commentary, it's not on the nose, it's inside of the nose jabbing <laughs> at your brain. We have this idea of class as represented not only in terms of physical space uh, that is forever close, but impossible to actually cross over You know, where, from where you are to the other side, but also in a physiological sense, you know, the different gravities literally pull them apart, even if they're in a room on their own together. So there is like a a, a physical barrier between their love. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that just feels derivative, weirdly, and what came to mind of mermaid romance stories, <laughs> of which there is a lot for some yeah. reason since Splash. But, you know, one person needs to live under the sea, the other can't live under the sea. And so there's this like yeah. physiological difference that prevents them from being together. It feels like that. It's the same kind of barriers. And so it has this weird, also has this weird effect of implying that class division is a natural state of affairs that must be overcome. Like, we don't get to find out much about the powers that enforce this because the, the, the sinister company at the thing just wants to exploit the situation for profit. Yeah. But unlike in time, there's nobody arbitrating this or enforcing it. Yeah. It's just the way the world is. What, and... Why has there not been an anti-gravity revolu- revolution yet? That's my, <laughs> that's my real question. Well, indeed. And when I mean, they have happen? oil raining down on them all of the time. What a miserable oh God. way to live. But also, <laughs> the entirety of Down Below is like a 
bombed out shell and it's kind of like he's at one point he's like oh yeah there was an explosion and my parents died and i was like did everyone die did the whole city blow up like what's (laughs) going on why do you live like this i think there was so many like i say it was almost like it was almost like having a locked off frame of this boring romance but in the background you could just see tantalizing hints of more interesting stories going on but you couldn't follow them yeah. Or see them really, except for like <laughs> vague suggestions, which you then autofill yourself. Yeah. And um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, it just wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't great. And the thing that was most striking for me and most disappointing, I think, is that the film was quite ugly. It because was so dark all of the time. It was very dark. And in spite of the ambitious design on certain shots, which I will mention in Quickfire because. They're basically the things I liked about the movie. Mm-hmm. The whole movie is digitally color graded within an inch of its life. Yeah. There's not a natural bit of lighting in Mm-mm. this movie. And in particular, the blues and yellows and consequent muddy greens that fall between them, it gives everything this ugly sheen that made even the real stuff feel fake. It's a very naughty's look, and it smacks of low-budget, poor-quality filmmaking for me. And the thing <laughs> that I really especially didn't get about it, I mean, I get... I guess why they did it for Down Below, they were like, we want this place to look miserable and bland and horrible. It's horrible to live down here. Everything is the same shade of blah. Fine. But Up Above looked like that as well. Yeah, exactly. There's not a distinction there visually made. They just both look hideous. lack of colour in this film, everyone was wearing black or grey or occasionally white all of the time. There was no colour. Um, yeah, I can't think of any interesting the, uh, costumes. No, because there were none. And the only <laughs> like time I remember being like, oh, wow, it's it's colourful, is her fucking upside down drink, which is blue. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really just sort of very naughty, kind of dour, muddy brown and green aesthetic, which is disappointing for a movie that has the potential to have such crazy visuals. Because, you know, I I don't know if I'm being too generous in wondering if it's, you know, because there is at some point he does say, everyone's like, oh, they say it's like paradise up there. And he's like, just because people are rich doesn't mean it's paradise. And it's like, okay, well, maybe that's interesting. Is everything kind of grim visually up there too? Because you're saying that even that kind of upper class can have been stripped of its rights by a fascist regime you know yeah. even though they're partaking in the excess yeah. you know that doesn't mean that actually they haven't also had um their rights and you know this world kind of shaped around them in a way that negatively affects them but yeah. also i feel like i may be i may be giving that too much <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that's fine but it just it has the effect of the two sides not feeling all that different yeah they felt you know yeah. Aside from the fact that down that the downside seems to have, seems to have been bombed at some stage. Yeah, up above has it better still has. rooms, and that's about it. Yeah, they still have these giant palatial spaces. It just yeah, it's very odd. But the film did manage little spikes of interest when it made innovative use of its concepts. You know, hmm. little details and fun bits of production design that you know were fun. But for the most part, it just didn't tell a compelling story or create a world that felt real or inviting to me. So. And yeah, it's just telling a very generic and bland love story at its heart feels like such a missed opportunity. It just, yeah, it, it was a very odd film, a film that's a little hard to sort of get under the skin of and realize what they really wanted to say with it. Yeah. 
everything feels a little arbitrary and you just wonder where it came from and maybe it is just this guy because it came from a dream <laughs> it came from a dream and he thought it was a neat visual and tried to make up like a movie to tell in that scenario but it wasn't it was it, the concept does, the premise doesn't marry to the setting and so it's just yeah very forgettable nevertheless there are some good things about it so let's quick fire quick fire was me quick firing um, <laughs> i loved it for anyone who didn't um, have the visuals <laughs> <laughs> there were finger guns it was impressive i was going to group mine together of just being like cool upside down stuff but that is literally all of my quick fires <laughs> so I, was, I had to separate them yeah <laughs> my first one is just some of the double world visuals are good i think i meant like when they show like a horizon on top of a horizon or like a city on yes, top of a city i definitely have that i think there yeah. are a few shots of some of the kind of like wide landscape shots where yes. you kind of realize after a second that the sky is another landscape yeah um which is upside down yeah that's it's pretty, yeah it's pretty cool big scale it's like the uh the bit in interstellar where they go underneath an ice thing and there's like a yeah another, another landscape god i love interstellar so much interstellar's really fucking oh. <laughs> oh okay do you have a um i mean i had as much as i hated the narration at the beginning mm. i actually quite enjoyed the hand-drawn um parts of the animations where it was all very like um i don't know whether it's just oh, my love yeah. for symmetry or whatever but you know yeah. just lots of you know little bees that kind of like go yeah. around into like an infinite you know infinity symbol and stuff in that kind of yeah. nice kind of hand-drawn twee-ish style i was actually like yeah, yeah you know what i kind of <laughs> like that you've got to love an animated opening sequence yeah you know I was gonna, I was gonna cite Watership Down as an example because the whole thing is animated, <laughs> but the, the intro is like in this other animation style, yeah. and it's just like you gotta. You know, I love it when they do that. Even Black Panther weirdly did that with a little animated intro. I didn't to set the see scene. it. I like it. <laughs> I like that. Um, there's a nice set that they use, I think, an actual physical set for the pawn shop where. He works. Mm -hmm. I think it's a pawn shop because you see some woman like trying yeah, to like... basically sell other world stuff. Yes, paying like off a... her debt with matter that will combust yeah. in a matter of hours. Yeah, which <laughs> seems odd, but yes. Yeah, which somehow she has acquired. So yeah, that that but that set was nice and reminded me of another movie that had it was too big for its boots in terms of ideas. Last year's Reminiscence, a film from Lisa Joy who did Westworld, uh, had Hugh Jackman in it. Um, I don't think I even heard of this. <laughs> no, it was released quite small. It's, it's this weird kind of... It feels like straight to DVD, but sometimes they get into cinemas. There was one that was apparently quite good, Predestination with Ethan Hawke. That also looked yes, like this similar you kind have, of cheap yeah. sci-fi thing, but I, which I didn't see, I but was I've meant to that. actually be good. It rings that one was bell. meant to be good. Yeah. <laughs> These, the weird world of like sci-fi B-movie, mm -hmm. modern sci-fi B-movie is very interesting. <laughs> And this set spoke to that. Um, yeah, I will. I will admit that I did quite enjoy them dancing on the ballroom ceiling. Yeah, because it instead of building like a set where they're like, and both of these, like both the ceiling and the floor, deliberately are dance floors. The for the people from up above, it was just like the painted ceiling with the chandelier 
hanging yeah. up in the middle. And I, I quite enjoyed that the first time around, although, wow, a lot of the movie was in there because oh, they God, built yeah. it and they were like, fuck it, why not? <laughs> I think I was reading about them having to, like, build the chandelier um, kind of, like, IRL yeah. and wiring it all up. So that, And I guess once <laughs> they'd done it, they were like, well, we're going to use the fuck out of this. Um, yeah. But I did quite enjoy... I mean, part of me was like, oh, how is that paint still there it's not even sealed it's a ceiling yeah but um you know it was quite a cool vi visual <laughs> yeah. and then kind of seeing the couples spin around above them that was kind of a cool moment yeah no absolutely yeah there was a cool sequence and i did like her upside down drink i like the idea of it because it's a glass I, I had to think my way around it because it's an upside down glass with liquid in it pooling at the top mm -hmm. and i was like why wouldn't the glass float away oh no it's a glass from up that they've turned upside down yes, to pour to hold, in yeah. drink from down. Mm -hmm. And so the drink pools at the top of the upside down glass. Yes. That's cool. That's kind of a thinker. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice little detail. Um, and I also, I like the idea of a facelift cream <laughs> that is made of like, like obviously it's ridiculous. A facelift <laughs> doesn't literally mean your face is being pulled directionally upwards above your head. <laughs> but it's still a cute idea that they came up with the idea that an application for a cream that makes you defy gravity is to use it for and they, face, they were facelifts. Like, they, I enjoyed that they were like, oh, we're also developing a, an option for breasts and buttocks. Like, hell yeah. Get <laughs> you a temporary <laughs> butt lift by just anti-graving your butt cheeks. <laughs> Amazing. Could it also? No, that's the dumbest thing I was. <laughs> Sorry, I nearly. It. Let's not. I nearly it. said the dumbest thing I ever said. Would that be a substitute for Viagra? Yeah, your flaccid cock <laughs> just <laughs> pointed directly upwards would be a perfect substitute for Viagra. <laughs> Maybe not the most useful application. <laughs> Look, we're brainstorming. Okay, this is this is new to us all. We just throw it at the wall. We see what sticks. Um, throw it at the ceiling, see what stays up there. Um, <laughs> so to speak. I did write just the word smooth dog because it did make me laugh. The smooth <laughs> dog. When he, the first time he tried dog. out the beauty makeup was on like, I don't know what breed it was, some kind of like bloodhound maybe, you know, yeah. one with the, like really wrinkly jowly faces and for a moment it was just like a horrifying upside down <laughs> smoothly CGI'd dog and that it dog's so hot now. We have to have this cream. <laughs> It was just such a bizarre choice as like a I first know. because he had specifically like a little fake wrinkly face. Why didn't he yeah. use that? Why did he put it on a dog? <laughs> well, why not just get a younger dog for because that? Because that was his first, as far as we're concerned, that was his first live trial. Just slapping it <laughs> on a dog in front of a panel of his superiors, yeah. like. <laughs> God. Yeah, he looks a bit nervous when he puts it on. Like, he doesn't quite know what this is going to do. And I anticipated some horrific dog mutilation. <laughs> oh, Dog's God. fine. Lives with Timothy Spall now. <laughs> Ray, A great outcome for any of us. Um, I do like that when he... He falls up out of a door at one stage in a moment that looked fairly expensive. Like, he's on the ceiling running and he goes for a door and there's nothing on the other side. So he just kind of, like yoinks down and in order to reference the third christopher nolan movie of the day <laughs> it was like inception you know it yes, just felt like a yeah. cool like gravity moment mm -hmm. <laughs> um or that bit in the dungeons and dragons movie that we've both just seen ah, where she flips through yes. the mirror the yes or when he reverses thing. the uh gravity in the church yeah well oh, so much gravity today <laughs> um uh i just quite enjoyed timothy spall 
Yeah, I fuck. I love Timothy. He's Spall. uh, he's pretty great, and I enjoyed yeah. his like weird cigar chomping, yeah. um, <laughs> stamp collecting, like just like there was no reason for him to be there to be nice to the new guy to get this yeah. involved in any of it. But he was just like, well, ah, fuck it. <laughs> we didn't even mention the fact that his his colleagues on his first day pull a bunch of really bizarre pranks on him like childhood pranks yeah they like give him pinning a note to his back at the back of his thing yeah and then giving him some like a bottle of upside down soda so that when he opens it it all just pours up yeah, yeah pours upwards <laughs> yeah i mean i guess it's cute to show that a prank like that would work in this reality but it just makes this place seem like it's staffed by schoolboys. yeah which is also really doesn't fit of with the kind of climate of fear that they then implies there given <laughs> yeah. that they all have to stand up and watch as names of people who are being fired are read out for no particular yeah. reason just because they no longer <laughs> need you <laughs> god almighty mm. um Okay, the shot of him flying out of one ocean into another ocean was quite cool. Yes, I have written down, okay, that one shot of the ocean jump is pretty cool, fine. Yeah, because it's it was like, one shot. It, it was very like, good. I mean, well, it made from, like from a practical shot. standpoint, as discussed earlier, he'd die. <laughs> yeah, he would definitely die. Um, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and the gravitiness made no sense of him just taking off his shoes. But yeah. it did look very cool. It was, again, it was. a very kind of Inception-esque moment of just, like, the whole yeah. world flipping as he falls into the sky. It was cool. It was. You have to appreciate that. I think we've already said this, but, yeah, the idea that now that you've introduced the idea and made it very clear that inverse matter will start to heat up and burn once it's, you know, in uh, contact with something from the other place... The idea of just putting a screw in, like a big metal bolt to a boiler, and the contact with the boiler will make it glow red hot and you can heat your home with it, was good. Yeah. That is a clever idea. But where the hell was he keeping them when they weren't in the boiler? Right? And I think it was in a fridge, which just implies that... Because just cool it down again. That bothered me, right? He was like a scientist... All right, he's shown to be like a scientist and an inventor. And when yeah. he made himself a little waistcoat full of metal, <laughs> he didn't think, yeah. should I add cooling coils? Yeah. <laughs> he walked it around that place like Mr. Timothy Freeze. Paul was like, don't ask why I have this pre existing, like, straight jacket in my home, but I've made a better <laughs> version for you that will keep it cool. Yeah. Um, and I was like, why didn't he do that? It's really fucking obvious because they even said to him, <laughs> if it gets too hot, just splash water on it. Yeah. Okay, so why not just run a tube of cold water through, you know? Like, yeah, okay. If, 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 you know, if gamers can figure it out for their <laughs> right? Then Make yourself you into a little water-cooled PC. <laughs> um... I really, I don't think this is something that I was necessarily supposed to enjoy, but the weird fucking little smile he does every time someone catches him doing something strange, like tucking in his shirt, walking out of a room or peeing <laughs> onto the ceiling. It's the same smile every time. This kind of like awkward, like, oh, hi. Like the kind of, you know, I don't know my colleagues very well and I'm just tightening yeah. my lips kind of smile. But he does it with like a little nod and he always kind of turns towards them as he backs away. And I'm like, what a bizarre yeah. choice. But I kind of enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah it's yeah just unsettling what yeah unsettling if, I, if I like bumped into someone they're coming out of the bathroom they had that both of their hands like down their pants they gave me that smile and then continued to make <laughs> eye contact as they backed away i would call security yeah. but call security and ask to borrow their gun yeah <laughs> it's fair 
Um, there's a moment near the end where Timothy Spall is perfecting his ability to make a little pink bubble that doesn't react to gravity, <laughs> which he needs to do. And there is a goldfish in it that he has put in it. And at the point when he creates this, the goldfish looks terrible. It looks like a cartoon. The bubble looks <laughs> terrible. And Timothy Spall looks so delighted with it. He does this big, that big lopsided kind of open mouth, like joy at yeah. this thing and it just looked like a screenshot from a spy kid's movie. <laughs> it really did <laughs> <laughs> yes that is exactly the vibe yeah. so i was quite happy um, with that i'm not sure this is necessarily a good thing but i do just want to comment on it that there is in the scene where he is in timothy spall's garage receiving his straight jacket um yeah. It is the one and only time in the film where he is, like, the actor is clearly actually upside down on set. <laughs> because right. I know I was looking it up and a lot of it, as they did, as like side-by-sides, right? When there was, like, upside-down things. Um, yeah. But in that scene, he is, like, perched on the, a ceiling rafter. But you can see his face is you know, being pulled down and his hair is actually coming down. And it's the one and only time in the film. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, he's upside down. Like, actually, like, genuinely suffering from the effects of gravity going the wrong way. Um, And it was just so striking that it only happened once that it it made me laugh. I think I remember noticing that. Because, yes, you're right. This is going to have a disastrous look, you know, effect on him. Yeah, he's going to look real weird. Yeah. And he's like, he's going pink despite all of his makeup. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's it, oh Christ, that whole thing like it's an interesting premise, but really, literally, he could only have done it for like ten minutes before he started to experience severe <laughs> psychological effects, yeah, physiological effects, which could have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Could have been an interesting thing. Ah, uh, um, my final one is that near the end of the movie, this is so lame because it's in one scene. She now remembers him, and so she goes to Timothy Spall's house and like says what are we going to do now and you know and just for a moment it looked like she was going to take agency in this and she was going to take control of the story and for the third act which i thought we were getting because this movie has like 15 (laughs) to 20 minutes of credits at the end i thought okay this is where we're going now is the third act of the movie is going to be she's the main character trying to find him and descend into his world no (laughs) instead we cut to the other place and uncle timothy spool fixed it all in his, you know, just in his, We're all going to admit whim. that either, like, both within the story <laughs> and without the story, we don't know how. Yeah. She's magic, <laughs> magic pregnant. And I guess the implication is that the children are, are made up of an up person and a down person DNA. So maybe yes, they're going like, so to be. Once she gives like, birth, does she spring back? <laughs> oh, God. I'm not. They're going to be like the walkers of. Oh, my God. They're dragging her down, is the implication. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so dumb um yeah i've no idea that'd be amazing Um, just shot through the roof of the hospital (laughs) yikes what a way to go oh god um my last one is that that crashed airship set question mark is so cool why didn't we get more of it and that is the bit that i want to play as a video game level Oh, yes. A, a gravity-defying crash. Right, airship. they're properly, like, jumping. For some reason, there's yeah. big 
concrete blocks that have been hung onto this thing for some reason. Um, yep. But they're like jumping from block to block. And I'm probably like, this is a platformer. This is a very cool platformer. Yeah. That I would play where, you know, maybe you're two players and one player has one gravity and one player has the other gravity. And it's like a puzzle. Oh, type my God. Thing. That is a puzzle game. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And it would be great. But for some reason, they just jumped around it for a while and then uh, <laughs> they went away. Inexplicable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Maybe they and then I would, I would really, resources. I would really like to reiterate that I don't know when or how they had sex. I just need people to understand <laughs> that I, I thought about this because then I also thought it's the same issue I have with films where people have zero g sex in space. Like, where's your leverage? Yeah. How did that work? Did you pin <laughs> her down to a rock and you were like <laughs> with your body and were like, you can't move, <laughs> or you will float away? Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, but also, absolutely baffling. What was the time span of this film? She was, she already knew <laughs> she was pregnant with twins. Yeah, exactly. Like how long passes before they catch up is ridiculous. <sighs> oh god, it's yeah, it's it's a film with very little. I don't know. Again, it it really speaks towards another thing that I saw mentioned in the sight and sound review that it cannot decide on the age of its audience. Is this yeah. for teenagers or is it for grown audiences? Because it just it if. It tonally, and in terms of its logic, it really doesn't feel like I would argue it's made up its mind. Neither. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yep. Well, there you go. That is just about all we have to say about this particular film about Upside Down. Let me see. And I've got to be honest. I'm going to be astonished. I don't think if... <laughs> any of the OG team had anything to say about any of this. Let's see. <laughs> Okay, you've commented on it and quote tweeted it. Yeah. No. <laughs> to be like, Let's share my suffering. Fair enough. Let's try Facebook. Nope. Okay, no Facebook. Let's just try Patreon. Come on, Paters. Just in cases. Uh, no. Okay, nothing on there. That's fair. That is fair, Patreons. You've all made good life choices and not having seen <laughs> this film. It's a solid day for the OG team and a disappointing day for us. <laughs> <laughs> Let us talk about instead the one better thing. The one better thing. Oh, I kind of forgot that was part of this podcast. Oh, no, everybody does. Even <sighs> me, quite a lot. <laughs> I have one, if you want to take a moment to have a thing. Yeah, you go. Okay. Mine is a somewhat obscure little science fiction drama film from 2011 called Another Earth. Hmm. I quite liked it. It was um, a movie by uh, Mike Cahill, and it starred Britt Marling. Marring. Sorry? No, Britt Marling. I was right the first time. Who is it stars... that? I'm Googling. She looked for just a moment like she was going to be a really big deal. Oh, yeah. She was I really... remember her. Yeah, she was around for a bit. She was in Sound of My Voice, Another Earth, Arbitrage, uh, The East. Um, and I think that was basically the ones that I really noticed her in. Um, and I really liked The East as well. That was an interesting sort of eco-terrorism thing. Uh, then it seems like she got involved in a science fiction television show called The OA, mm-hmm. and that's basically where she's been. Yeah, because got pretty popular she's... though. I think I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. I might have to because I do like Britt Marling. Anyway, this film, Another Earth, is about a woman. She is a promising young woman. Then she gets she does a drunk drive. Oh, not a drunk drive. As you'd expect, immediately causes issues. Um, but and, and so gets out and she goes to try and apologize to the family of the person that she killed uh, but she ends up sort of awkwardly becoming their cleaner instead because she <laughs> chickens out of a confession. As, but whilst this is happening, 
another Earth has appeared very close to ours, traversable. Oh. We could get to it. And it appears to be a mirror of our world, but we haven't made contact yet. And there is a competition going on to see who's going to go and meet the other world. So, As if in real bit... life, Elon Musk wouldn't just be powering his way towards it. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. It would be miserable in the real world. Luckily, this is a science fiction utopia. Um, and so, yeah, it's just about her relation with the... It's basically about her relationship with the possibility of an alternate world in which different decisions were made. So the sci-fi-ness of it doesn't play a huge role, but it's just kind of there and does what you kind of hope a sci-fi concept will do, which is offer an interesting point of comparison for um, real-world issues and how we think, and literalizes something that we all sort of deal with, which is the idea of sort of paths not taken. Mm. So, yeah. I thought that was interesting. I have had time to think, and I'm going to go with another kind of vaguely sci-fi concept romance, but one that I actually enjoy, although (laughs) I haven't seen it in a very long time, so I hope I'm not making a fool of myself, (laughs) and it's not actually dreadful, but that is 2006's The Lake House. Um, Oh, wait, with um, Keanu? Yes, with Keanu and Sandra. And Sandra. Yeah. Yes. Who we're both on first name (laughs) terms with. Um, (laughs) where they both live in the lake house but at different times um and and they communicate yes through the mailbox and they fall in love over letters and it becomes this thing of like well why can't we just meet (laughs) up if you know if it's just that we're living in in this house but in slightly different times um, and it becomes that sort of star-crossed lovers who are separated by some kind of sci-fi concept um that they must overcome uh yeah and you know what i haven't seen it for very many years but i loved it as a teen (laughs) so i'm gonna go with that it sounds like one of those movies because i think when you're a teen you love that kind of high concept yeah and again that's probably why this movie should have been aimed more specifically at a teenage market because i feel like you do want that kind of puzzle movie high concept kind of thing when you're a teen and if you know they're going to be the most susceptible to using it in the context of telling a cheesy love story. Yeah, maybe this was just a teen movie that didn't quite nail the teen checked, aspect. And uh, the Lake House does only have thirty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, well, we'll so... be welcoming Bex back Ooh. when they decide to review the Lake House. <laughs> when you reach that point. Ooh. <laughs> Look, we love a bit of Keanu here. We do love Keanu. It's true. We love any amount of Keanu and I think you'd be hard pressed to make a worse movie than Sweet November the last <laughs> Keanu movie that we reviewed True. it's a hot dog <laughs> <laughs> the one better thing excellent okay Vex how can people find out more about you and your endeavours uh, they can look up to the sky where I'm floating Ooh. ominously <gasps> above them in reverse <laughs> gravity spinning um... terrifyingly out in space <laughs> If you enjoy uh, listening to me and my bad jokes, um, I am on the queer actual play podcast Roll Plus Heart, um, mm-hmm. where we play various indie TTRPGs to play to tell um, silly queer stories uh, that sometimes get kind of <laughs> emotional um, because some of us, not naming any names, it's me, are drama, <laughs> just full of drama. Uh, you can also find me uh, on Twitter at Starling underscore Dust, or I have a coffee, uh, Starling Dust, where you can buy stickers and prints and colouring pages and all sorts of other fun things. Absolutely. 
Yep. Uh, yeah, if you're in any way a fan of our role-playing game, Quest Fantastic, then you've got to listen to Rob Plus Art as well, because there's a lot you of the same to. people involved, and it's just brilliant. And Otherwise, they come and find of... you. Absolutely. <laughs> our characters will hate you, and you can't deal with the emotional impact of dr- of having Grumpo Duke or Maddie. It's too depressing to think about. Don't do it. Go over and listen to that. And if you enjoy that, well, then you might also enjoy the thing that you went there for in the first you, uh, Fuck, I can't make the double logic of that make sense. <laughs> Let me try again. And then, having enjoyed that, and you think, that was pretty good, you can come back and listen to Quest Fantastic, because that's also a podcast that we do. But in order to find out more about that, just Google Quest Fantastic. I think we have pretty good SEO on that ridiculous name. Oh, yeah. Less good SEO on one good thing. So search <laughs> ODT Pod in order to find out more about us and what we're up to. We've also got a Patreon where you can hear all sorts of stuff, including a zany idea I have for a thing to Woo-hoo! do with Beck. So go over and find out what that was. I forgot to plug our website. It's rollplusheart.co.uk. I spent a lot of time oh, yes. making it. It's very pretty. <laughs> Please go and look at it and appreciate it and read all the things <laughs> I write there. We don't have a website. <laughs> I'll make one for you if Please you do. pay me. <laughs> oh, shit. There's always that. Damn capitalism. I will take payment in Kit Kats, the vegan Kit Kats okay. that they came out with. <laughs> If I can pay you in Kit Kats and Jason State for movies, then, then you've got yourself a deal. I think we're going to be okay. I'm Paul Pat. <laughs> I'm upside down. And remember, the one good thing about upside down is like two mountains on top of each other. It's crazy. <laughs>